All right, Jared, we're back for another episode and we have another Jared on. Oh my gosh, can we handle having two Jareds in the same podcast? Well, we have done it before. <laughs> we have done it before, yeah. It's true. It's like our favorite substitute teacher that keeps coming back. We just haven't had all three of us on at the same time. A three-man podcast. How, how lucky how awesome are we today? Yeah. So Jared, each week as we kind of kick off our podcast, we talk about some of the things that we've been going through. Uh, one of the questions that Danny and I have talked about, but maybe we'll get your opinion. How do you uh, how do you balance your day uh, working full time online? Well, I I think that you really have to um, schedule things out and be intentional about what you're doing. And then like at the at the end of each day, what I've done is I, I write down, okay, these are the things that I need to do tomorrow so that when I get up and get ready to go the next day, like I have stuff already and okay, I've got to get this done. This That's a great idea. Just so each day I kind of do a wrap up, like this is what I accomplished today and these are the things that I need to get done immediately and maybe a little bit further down the line. Well, that's a brilliant tip for us. Um, you got to see how many things you can get done before the bell. Well, Danny, we're back with another one of our Learn at Home series, and we're glad that we've got Jared Fawson as our guest that we've already introduced. Yeah, absolutely. Have you guys learned anything over Learn at Home or quarantine? Like learned anything specifically about life or teaching or like... <laughs> Just in general, maybe a new hobby. Uh, I would say that I have seen more parts of my neighborhood that I didn't know existed. Like I, I've walked everywhere within like a two mile radius of the house now. So many walks. Lots of walks. Yeah, I would say I've met way more of my neighbors than ever before. You know, just not just me walking around, but them walking around. So good chance to connect with some people that I hadn't met before. Yeah, no, I agree. We've, we've definitely been doing a lot of walks as well. I'll also say that there's been some interesting recipes around our house when we realize that we don't have something. Uh, so we try and see what can substitute. Oh, yeah. So there's there's a lot of substituting. That does not sound like there. a fun game. <laughs> uh, when you're out of flour or sugar, there's a lot of interesting combinations that you make. So, well, that's good to know. Yeah, and I've also learned how long I can wear a mask outside. Which unfortunately is not very long. Yeah, I, I wear glasses. And so whenever I wear a mask, it just fogs up my glasses. So it's yeah. like I have to choose mask or vision. Which way do you go? So are both oh. of you saying that you wouldn't have made it in like the medical profession field right now? My goodness, no. There's no chance. I'd be so hot all the time. My goodness. Yeah, I, if I had to wear glasses and a mask all day long, it wouldn't work for me, no way. Well, as much fun as we're having talking about what we're learning, today we have a special guest that we're excited to learn from. As we progress with our Learn at Home series, today we're talking with a high school principal from the Murray School District, and I'm gonna let Jared introduce him to us. All right, so we've got Scott Wehongi with us, 
who was raised in Aotearoa, the land of the long white cloud, which you more commonly known as New Zealand. And he moved to Utah as a teenager and graduated from Skyline High. Then he actually got to go back to New Zealand as he served at LDS Mission there. He's now married with two kids. He graduated from the University of Utah and then started teaching science at Hillcrest Junior High. And then he transferred to Murray High and then did biology, chemistry, and physics. So Mr. Weihong, he's done it all with science. And then he became an assistant principal um, at Hillcrest Junior High. And then he bounced around a little bit at Murray and Corner Canyon. And now in the past couple of years, he's been the head principal at Murray High School. So we're happy to have Scott Weihongi with us today. Welcome. Hey. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. So how we get to know you a little bit beyond the bio is we are going to ask you some questions from a kindergartner. Now, I know you're a high school, kind of a secondary guy. How nervous are you on a scale of one to 10? You know, my wife says I act like a kindergartner sometimes, so I, I'm okay. I, I Hopefully I can handle it, but if I, if I mess up, you know what? I, that means I'm flustered, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, good to know. All right, so we'll start with our first question. Who is your favorite comic book hero? Oh, my gosh. I, you, would, you would think I've narrowed it down to one, but and as one who grew up reading comic books, you know, X-Men and, and the Avengers and, and all those things, I think I would say I've I, I lean more towards the Incredible Hulk. I, I don't oh. know why. I just think his his power his strength just intrigues me. But at the same time, he's like this brilliant scientist. So it's, it's the Jekyll Hyde thing. I, I might have a bit of that about me. We've heard the students say that about you at Murray High School. Yeah. <laughs> when you get angry, do you just say Scott Smash? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't like me if I'm angry. angry. <laughs> However that works, I don't know. The old Hulk, you know, the David Bannon. <laughs> I love it. All right. Second question. If you would be on every sports team, which one would it be? You know, um, I would I would probably get shot if I didn't say the All Blacks. I was going to say. <laughs> as much as I would love to be the All Blacks, I just, yeah, if, if I could have that sort of athletic ability, absolutely. But to be honest, rugby growing up and playing rugby in New Zealand, that's not actually my my first love when it comes to sports. I actually love basketball more than that. So I, I, I would say, you know, as 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 a as a jazz fan, since I moved here to Utah, I would say the Utah Jazz. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Nice. Solid choice. Yep. I'd pick the jazz over the all blacks too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're my teams. Those those are my two teams. They represent. That's for sure. how are how are you surviving? No sports on television right now. Yeah, you know what? I'm 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 okay in that area. I, I I don't I don't watch a ton of sports. I try to get I get get a jazz game in here and there, and I I, I do watch that probably more than any other sport. But you know that was the last thing I really watched was the game between the Jazz and the Oklahoma um, Thunder when they didn't get to play the game. And, and yeah, the game that wasn't. The, the game and you know I it just kind of everything turned upside down since that point but um I'm hanging in there I guess we can you survive know, that night when uh, when that was going on I was I was driving in the car back from uh the USAC conference 
and the radio was just kind of saying that Rudy Gobert was not feeling well. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, no big deal, right? And then when they started saying, well, now there's something going on on the court, it was like, ah, oh, Rudy's got coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, it, it was an eerie feeling. And it's, and it's funny because when you watch that, the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, as much as that, I mean, they're in Oklahoma, it's NBA, they seem so distant from, you know, our reality, but something in my mind just says, oh, this doesn't feel right and what's going to happen. And sure enough, next day, it all happened. And yeah. So, yeah, just kind of crazy. Absolutely. Okay. And now our last kindergartner question. What is your favorite word? I'm not sure I can say it on this podcast. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> recently, I think. Uh, <laughs> I feel you, Scott. <laughs> I, my favorite word. Um, geez. You got a uh, Maori phrase that you like? You, you know what? That's, that's one of the things that someone else needs to tell me. Something that I may be subconsciously saying all the time and, and I'm not realizing it. So... I don't know. You know, I I don't know if I have a Saints favorite word. I can tell you a word Jared Fawcett always says about you. No. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Just say Kyoto, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Kyoto, bro. So that's right. For those who don't know, that's a that's a greeting in New Zealand, and so that's that's a that's a standard greeting that we say. So. But you have to add bro or mate yeah. onto the end of it. That's right. Sometimes I'll throw in a g'day every now and then just to confuse people, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's our version of g'day. Uh, All right. Well, I feel like you passed with flying colors, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Now, Danny, you may not be aware of this, but Scott and Jared and I actually have known each other a long time. That's why we actually have a third member of our podcast today. Jared's known him the longest, but uh, Jared, Scott, and I all were all in pre-service teaching together. Oh my gosh, how cute is that? Right. Oh, you guys are adorable. We, we, we were, all, we were in, the, in our cohort. We student taught at uh, Hunter High. Yeah. Um, and even Jared Covey, you were in the same cohort as my wife for your master's degrees, correct? That's right. Yeah. No, I, I uh, got to spend two years with Heather in the same program. So that was fun. That's right. So there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, connections between our guests and us today. Yeah. Well, don't don't forget my brother too. Throw in the other. Jared. That's right, and I've known Jared. I've known Scott's brother for a long time. So and his name is Jared too. There's a third Jared. We couldn't oh. have him on the podcast, otherwise it would have just been weird to have three Jareds. But yeah. well, it would be a completely different podcast if we had him. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, now, so Scott, maybe as we uh, as we kind of jump in just a little bit. Uh, you started telling us a little bit about, you know, when when things started to change just a little bit. Maybe tell us a little bit about how things have changed at, at the school and kind of how your job has kind of changed from being the principal of an in-person high school to being the principal of an online high school. Yeah, it's like everybody else. It's just been a surreal type of feeling and a time. I mean, it's kind of like we're living in the twilight zone right now. And um, the day after that Utah Jazz game cancellation, we got notified by our superintendent there's a possibility of an infection. And oddly enough, <clears throat> that kind of related to the Jazz. 
um, with employees in our district and so forth. But, but when she announced that we might be shutting down and then that day we shut down, we yeah. had to go home. That was a difficult getting on the announcements and letting the kids know, Hey, we're going to schools dismissed. Make sure you take your textbooks and your Chromebooks and make sure just as a precaution, that was just a crazy, I, as I was announcing that I was like, am I really, is this really happening? What's going on here? So, um, so it, it, it certainly gave me a, a, um, I don't know, an appreciation, I think for the in-person school, uh, schooling that we do, um, I, I, it, it, everything just turned upside down. We went from a full bustling building of activity to empty. And um, I, I just don't know how to describe it other than it, it was just surreal. But having said that, I'll go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say you had a little bit different experience than a lot of the schools because your district did close down a little quick, more quickly than the rest of the schools. So you did get to get on the intercom and say, take your things and stuff home just in case we don't know what this looks like instead of having to have kids come back to the school or leave yeah. their stuff. Yep. And you, you don't want to create pandemonium and, and panic right. at the time. So you have to kind of balance information with, you know, what's really necessary right now for everybody to know. Um, and so between that and emails that went out to the teachers and so forth to maybe read to their classes, to give them a little bit of an idea what was going on, yeah, that was that was that was just um, and 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 oddly enough, we had had a faculty meeting to discuss our makeup snow day because we had a snow day we had we had canceled. Sure. We had a faculty meeting. Our district had decided to to do a trial run of an online digital learning day on March twenty seventh, and so mm -hmm. we had a faculty meeting saying, "Here's what's going to happen. This is just in case we might follow suit with other states that had shut down their schools at the time." And that that online practice day came up quick and we were <laughs> fire and, and well, here we go. We're going to do it. And, and in that faculty meeting, I said to the teachers, I am very skeptical that it'll get to this point. So I had I just didn't think something like this would even happen. Um, and I was wrong. And so um, to to be in that reality and to be in that situation to kind of figure out it truly was a, you know, you're building an airplane while it's in mid flight situation and trying to figure out the loose ends. So, yeah. So, so I have, I have oh. a question that you may not have an answer to, um, but do you think moving forward that if we have to make up snow days or anything like that, do you think it'll be an easier decision to say like, okay, we're doing online school, meals are still running, or do you think we'll go back to kind of how it was before? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think it, our superintendent's awesome. Jen Covington, she's been a great leader for us and through this. And she keeps good contact with, you know, the people that need to be contacted, like the, the, the state board and the state superintendent. So she actually ran the idea past before we got the approval to do that makeup day that way. And, and my guess is, yeah, this is something that I think teachers will be much more prepared for and, and, and have the ability to do something at home. I would hate certainly not do this full time, but yeah, no way. <laughs> makeup days, absolutely. I can see if, if the state allows it, that it would be a great thing. So, yeah. And, and what's prepared us even more, and, and this was great foresight by our district, is um, a few years ago, they, uh, the district wanted to go one-to-one. -one. And we had purchased enough lap, uh, Chromebooks 
over the years that we were now at that one-to-one -one situation. We just didn't check them out full-time to the kids. So we at Murray High were prepared in that aspect that the kids already had their Chromebooks. That was a blessing that we were able to, to move forward like that. <clears throat> so Scott, now that you've been, what has it been, six or seven weeks doing the, the work from home, school from home stuff, what are some things that you've learned through this process? What, you know, like, what do you wish you would have known before this all started? Um, I think the biggest thing I've learned by going, you know, a complete 180 in the direction of how we, we deliver our curriculum is how unlevel the playing field becomes for our kids. Um, and how many scenarios there are out there and, and barriers there are. I mean, we could have, we can have kids get, equip all the kids with the tools we want, but the kids now who became caretakers of their little siblings, the kids who, who don't have parents to help them through these things, the, the playing field just became so unlevel right now that um, that's been the biggest challenge. And I think the biggest heartbreak with this all is, is how can we, help our kids that are struggling there are some that'll be fine there's a big chunk that are just fine they've got the support systems in place but my heart goes out to, to to those students of ours that we're trying to identify that are struggling and just can't get through this and i'm so appreciative of our state superintendent sid dixon who came out and says we need to hold our kids harmless as harmless as possible and and focus on the essentials and so that's the biggest thing that i think that's come out of this is is it's just very eye-opening at how much people's worlds have, have flipped upside down through it all. So, you know, I was going to say, Scott, I think when with most of us in the room being in technology, we always think about making sure that everyone has the same level of access, but like you're describing, that's not necessarily the equity that we're talking about. It's mm -hmm. the home equity. It's the support that people have and the things that are going to make it so that you can actually use those devices to, to do homework. Uh, it's all that uh, social and emotional things that the kids are going through that sometimes we don't think about. We just think, well, we're prepared to teach digital school. Absolutely right. And you know what? It's not just the students, it's the teachers, because the teachers now are balancing their own families and their own kids and trying to deliver the curriculum that they need to, to their students. And so it really impacts everybody across the board. And um, it's just been a big challenge. I think we've done a pretty good job at providing the access that you speak of. I also think we've done a good job, as you're aware, we've been training our teachers, at least here in Murray, on, on Canvas platforms and on, on blended learning, um, digital applications, that sort of stuff for the last few years. And so I think we've done a fairly decent job at, at, at providing a digital foundation for our teachers and a platform for our teachers. But my gosh, I just don't think they knew how much or how intense their training, uh, how intense they should have been, um, mm. I guess, learning in those trainings. <laughs> no one knew how much. So you have, you have the right, wider range of teachers of, they're using it constantly. And, and, and some of the teachers who, you know, every now and then or not at all. Um, no one just ever could have predicted this type of thing. Well, you know, a lot of times we talk about blended learning in the classroom. We don't say blended learning at home. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the big differences that you're talking about is 
these home situations, even if they have devices at home, like it looks so different from house to house, what yep. everybody's dealing with. And you have the teachers, like you said, that have their kids at home and they're trying to balance stuff. Like it has been really tough. That's right. You know, that hierarchy of needs comes into play right now. And, and there are just some that are just wondering when the next meal is coming along. Um, and, and so academics might not be a priority right now for some of our families. And we recognize that. So that, that, that's our challenge is to try to figure out how do we provide adaptability, flexibility for, for the kids to be successful. <clears throat> You know, Scott, we've been talking with uh, educators and administrators from across the state. One of the things that keeps coming up is um, how do we deal with things like nutrition and that uh, for students? Can you give us a little sense of how food services are going in Murray District? Like if, if kids in your building are dependent upon school for lunch, how does that happen right now? You know, it's, uh, and I think most districts are, are kind of establishing this, but there's a grab and grow, grab and go lunch that's out every day at strategic locations around the district. And so most of the elementary schools, and even they've set up outside of, of some of our um, housing or our apartments that may not have the opportunity to, to transport to where they usually get meals. So the district's done an absolutely fantastic job at identifying those areas where it's best um, situated for, for people to be able to access that food. So they, I mean, there's a breakfast, there's a lunch that they'll do. And um, I, I, my hat's off to our, our support staff, our food services for, for the work they've been doing for that. And how, I know one of the things that you have to worry about beyond the academics is keeping people like food services and your custodians and those employed. I mean, I know that's a big goal of ours. Maybe talk a little bit about how that's going to try and keep Murray District employees working. Yeah, our, our board, we're, we're, we're lucky in Murray to have a very supportive board who, who I, I feel is connected to, to our employees and they, they're not so distant as to um, the human side of what's going on here and our superintendent as well. So they've moved in a direction where everybody will, will continue to be made whole until the end of the school year. Mm. So how do we keep them busy is another question. You know, our support staff, all of our, all of our ESPs, all of our paraeducators, what are we doing to help them? So they're on standby. They obviously um, are tasked with assignments here and there, including but not limited to outreach. You know, who are our kids who have not been in contact with their teachers, who have not been able to log on? So we're assigning our ESP staff um, phone calls to make to those kids and so on. So, yeah. That brings up a really good point. Um, how are you connecting with those kinds of students that they may have not checked in with their teacher? And the same goes with um, parents and your faculty even. Yeah. You know, I, for the high school, it's a, it's a, it's a huge challenge because you got, you know, close to 1500 kids. Um, and, so the question is, how do we identify those kids who, who haven't been able to, to uh, get onto their, um, their, their learning systems? So we've, we've, we've kind of, I've asked our teachers to, to mark an attendance and just mark like those kids are absent on a day or on a day to identify kids who have not accessed their learning experience at all. That way we can just run reports and identify 
in that way. And so once we've identified, we do assign those out to a lot of our support staff to make phone calls because our teachers are already trying to um, reach out and they're trying to uh, email and so forth. So it's really for the kids who they've not been successful at. Our support staff, they have a script. You know, what can we do? What Here's the resources you go to if you need tech help. Here's the resources you go to if you need food help and so forth. So so that's that's a big undertaking, and um, that is our attempt. I'm not sure it's a perfect uh, system, but it's what we have right now. All right, Scott. So we've got this interesting situation. We have a group of graduating seniors coming up in the class of 2020. How do you make this special for them since we're not going to have the traditional graduation ceremony that we've had in the past? Well, <clears throat> I'll preface this with whatever we do, it's not going to replace what we normally do. And um, my heart goes out to our seniors because spring is a is a one of the busiest times of year for us, especially our senior class. It's the time you have your awards nights and your, your awards ceremonies. It's the time you have a lot of your activities like senior ball and um, we have our end of year, you know, showcases, things like that, that, that seniors, I mean, it's kind of that rite of passage until that culminating day of graduation. And so it's, it's tough to say that we've, we've come up with things that replace that because they're, they're not. But having said that, we want seniors. I think one of the things that I've learned too is people are still wanting connection in some ways. And so um, we did a couple of weeks ago, the signs where we thought, you know what, let's get a sign for every one of our seniors and let's get let's get faculty and staff assigned out to go and put those signs out. And Murray District, we have a graduating class of about 450-ish. Mm -hmm. And about 100 of those kids are from out of district. They don't live in Murray. So they're scattered across the valley. So it, it was a matter of, you know, how are we going to sign this and who's going to do it? But I tell you what, our teachers, our, our faculty, staff, they want to help in whatever way they can. So it was no problem trying to get people to, to sign up to help deliver those signs. We got it done and we got it done in a couple of days. And what I learned from that was the signs weren't really the important thing. It was the delivery of the sign. And, and those kids and parents just loved that they knew that they were being thought of and that someone would actually show up to the house and put a sign in their yard, regardless of where they lived. We have one up and living up in North Salt Lake Rose Park area, all the way down south to Harriman um, <clears throat> and Draper. So it really truly spanned the, the, the length of the valley here. And um, it was just incredible just to kind of see the, the, the everybody stepping up and the appreciation that was involved in that. So that's one of the things we, we've done to help recognize seniors. And, and, I, and I'm glad to see a lot of other high schools are doing that as well, because it really truly was impacted. Um, the other thing that we're doing, and I think this is unique to Murray High, <clears throat> and we haven't done it yet. So this is planned for a couple of weeks, but we have- We, we won't tell anyone. Okay, that, that, that's fine. I, I don't know if any of the kids will watch it, but- we, we actually, so you may have seen that Be The Light campaign that, that's been around the, the country and so forth. And I think a few schools have, have done it here where they, they turn on the football stadium lights at 8.20, which is 2020 military time. Um, and they leave those lights on and they, they 
um, it's, it's in honor of our senior class and the kids can just kind of drive by and they might hear the school song, fight song playing or something like that. Murray High, next time you drive past Murray High, you'll notice a glass sail looking architectural feature on the front of the building. That's actually a light, it's a, it lights up. And so when, I, when the building was first built, that thing lit up for the first year and then all of a sudden it never lit up again. And I always wondered back when I was a teacher, why isn't that thing lighting up? Well, mm -hmm. the bulbs are so big that they burnt out. So what we're going to do is we are going to resurrect that thing. And awesome. we've put LEDs in there that change colors. So we're going to light that thing back up in honor of our senior class. And we're going to do the be the light thing. And, and that'll, that'll stay lit up in honor of our senior class. So we're going to combine that with... Um, We've, we've had a huge gigantic banner we're going to put on the front of the building with all the senior class names on it um, that's easily seen from State Street there. Um, and then as we move along, we're, we're, we're figuring out, you know, the best way to honor the kids with graduation and so forth. But I, I think the bottom line is I want those kids to know that they're being thought of, that they are not for that. Yeah, and, 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 and they really are in a position to be a light our, our theme this year, and I can't think of a better theme, our, our, our student government picked the theme of, um, and it's an adaptation of Maya Angelou's poem, and, and Still I Rise. So the theme is, and still we rise. And okay. so um, that, that's just a great, I think, indication of this senior class is no matter what, they will rise above this and they will move on and do great things. So. That is a great theme to for this school year and they had no idea what they were going to be rising through. So I love that. I think that's amazing what you're doing for, for your seniors. Um, so maybe our last question as we're wrapping up, what, what is next school year going to look like? What do you think, how are we going to change and adapt and what, what should we look forward to? I hope it looks like the beginning of this school year. That's my hope, but <clears throat> It's a great question because where are we going to be at the time? What's going to happen? And I think of all the activities and sports that happen, you know, how are our football games going to look? How, how, is all, how are all of our, you know, volleyball and, and that? So what we're doing, we're going to plan, hope for the best and, and plan for the worst. So we're going to let our kids keep their Chromebooks. Seniors will turn theirs in, but kids are going to all keep their Chromebooks over summer. They're not going to turn them in, and that hopefully prepares in the event that we can't meet um, back at school uh, at the time. So um, that's a step that we're going to take. But honestly, I just hope we're back to normal. I hope. I think we will have learned some great lessons from this whole experience. You know, Scott, as you say that, I think everyone hopes that it will look the same. I think one of the things that we're always wondering is with these lessons that we've learned. Like we talk about with equity and these kinds of issues, I think that's where we're hoping that we see changes about what does matter, you know, and what what things should we emphasize as educators um, with the students. I think that's something that I think all the teachers are asking themselves right now is, you know, as I as I whittle down my curriculum to what really matters, I think you're going to see a lot more of that essential teaching next year. Oh, I agree. You're right. I mean, it's it's something that I don't think people have really had to, to think about too in depth of, um, over their career. But now, 
having gone through those thought processes, I absolutely, there's going to be a paradigm shift. What, what's funny is um, a lot of teachers and a lot of educators have, have had to come overcome that fixed mindset of this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. And they've had to realize that it's not the way it is right now. It, it, the, it, our reality our, has changed and we need to think of it in, in a different way. And I, I hope a lot of those positive aspects, like you mentioned, carry over into their teaching practice and into my practice as an administrator as well um, in, in, in helping make the experience of learning um, much more positive than perhaps it was in the past. So, That's yeah. some great lessons learned. Well, Scott, we appreciate you taking a few minutes. We know how busy you are right now, especially as you're trying to wrap up and run a digital school for the year. Uh, we appreciate a few minutes of your time. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. I appreciate the association with you. You're all great. Uh, yeah, thank you, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. So, Danny, do you want to give the uh, lazy teacher tech tip for today? Ugh. Do we have to do a tech tip today? Well, this is kind of a podcast about technology, I so mean, it might be useful. I just I just don't have anything today. I'm tired. My brain cells are not firing. I don't I don't want to. Do you want to? So Danny, do you want to give our tech tip today? Just trying to feel feel how you're doing with uh, the the lazy teacher tech tip. I am incredibly lazy and it's a no for me. However, maybe we can make our little substitute host be do our tech tip for us. There's got to be some reason we brought him in. It's true. And this is it. Fawson, it's on you. What's the tech tip for this week? Well, this is a true lazy teacher tech tip. I'm going to love it. It is the title. So as you're creating like um, presentations for PowerPoint or for Google Slides, there are some templates that are really nice and have icons in there that you can use. And some of you may have heard of like Slides Carnival. There's also another one called Slides Go. And I think both of them are, are really nice. I really like the layouts and the icons that they have in Slides Go. I think it, you know, it's a true lazy teacher tech tip because you can just pick a template that's already there and just plug your stuff into it, save yourself a lot of time and have really stunning and beautiful presentations already there for you. Anytime you can use a template, I'm a fan of that. That is a great way to save yourself some time. Yeah, and I get sick of looking at the same, you know, templates white, all the time. White and black. Yeah. <laughs> I get, yeah. And so I like, I like to spice it up. So that's a great one, Jared. Thank you. Yeah. And the other nice thing is at the end of all of these, they'll tell you like what fonts they use and what colors they use. So if you're trying to match things up, they make it really easy for you to do that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Brilliant. So there you go. Our lazy teacher tech tip for today, slides go, or maybe if you haven't checked out slides carnival as well. So those are a couple of different places where you can get Templates both for PowerPoint and for Google Slides. So Scott was amazing, and I'm already planning my drive to Murray. So oh, I yeah. can see the light. Yeah, there's no doubt. I want to check out that giant column of light. I like he's talking know. About. It's so cool. And I love that they're doing it in honor of their seniors. I think that's just really beautiful. And the nice thing about Murray High is you can just drive down State Street and drive right past it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Danny, on Saturday night, when you're cruising state, like to take you back to high school, you can see a cool light show. You know, my mom cruised State Street in high school. That wasn't something that I did in high school. Okay, that totally dates. I know Jared Fawcett knows about this too, because that was totally a thing when we were in high school. (laughs) My mom got caught because her dad told her that she may not cruise State in the car that she took. And then he was watching the weather and they had like a live feed of State Street. And she got caught like <laughs> passing four different times. So going woo woo. <laughs> yep. Good old Darlene. I'm glad your mom made the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> so she. <laughs> but in addition to the light for the seniors, uh, you know, Jared, you brought up the idea that Scott had put the signs in everybody's yards. I think that's just a great way to honor them. Yeah, and I, I've noticed that a lot of other schools have hopped on that, which is great. You know, you see yes. working at some for some other school, and then you're like, oh, we should do that too. So I think it's become much more uh, statewide than just Little Murray District. Yeah, I'm starting to see them here in Bountiful. And it is nice on the walks that we were talking about that we're all going on right now. It's nice to see, you know, whose house does have a senior. And when you see that kid, you can, you know, kind of say congrats. And we're proud of you because it's kind of like birthdays right now. You kind of got to go out of your way to make it a big deal. Well, and you know, it's interesting too, because you'll know a kid as a senior just because of the sign that you wouldn't have known before. Right. You might not have said something to them. So that's, it's one of those kind of hidden uh, blessings to this is that we're seeing people in a different light. Maybe we even get to knowing people a little bit better. Yeah. And hopefully that's something that continues. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for joining us today. I appreciate Scott Wehongi from Murray High School coming and being a guest on our podcast in our latest edition of the Learn at Home series. Yeah, thanks everyone. And thank you, Jared Fawson, for joining us again. Always glad to be here. 